The road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. Hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. We're your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Yeah, we're here. We're glad you're listening. This show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We have a two-week detox and two-year aftercare recovery support program. If you or a loved one is struggling with any sort of alcoholism or addiction uh, and you're considering treatment, and particularly if you're in the Houston area, visit our website at mhdrp.org. Don't do it. Oh, did it. Or give us a call at 844-AND-HOPE. That is 844-263-4673. And you're listening to our show today either on the radio KPRC 950, 1 p.m. Central, or you're listening on the iHeartRadio app either on the KPRC 950 channel, also live, 1 p.m. Central, uh, or you can check us out. They upload our shows at the end of the day to the podcast area. Relevant, Relevant Recovery re- Radio. Relevant Recovery Radio. On the high uh, And you can go back and listen to all our different shows and things like that. There's some that I really enjoyed that we had, <laughs> and there's there's some that I feel like, you know. That you could have done better. I feel that way, too. Whoa, I don't... <laughs> Or you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, at Relevant Recovery Radio. All of our... That's right. Are you getting any cool messages recently on Facebook? Sometimes. Yeah. I'm not going to share them on the radio, but... Yeah, just call people out. First name, last name. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Um, But welcome to the show. We're glad you're listening. I do want to plug in something really quick. Um, if you're in the Houston area or even Austin H. or any surrounding areas, um, we're launching a very cool music festival called Soberfest HTX. Wait, what? Yeah. And so you can go to SoberfestHTX.com. Uh, right now it's a countdown on the website. Uh, what we're doing is a Recover Out Loud Houston's only and first sober music festival. Wow. By sober people, for sober people. Um, and so it's going to be this May, May 21st, at the White Oak Music Hall from noon to 6. Indoor, outdoor? Outdoor, indoor. Sorry. Indoor. Both, kind of, because okay. of food trucks and stuff. We'll have food trucks, vendors, indoor show, VIP room. Uh, they're they're going to be general admission tickets. So a bunch of sober people door. can go hang out, listen have to music. Fun. And all the artists are in recovery or friendly with recovery. And so if let's say you are in recovery yourself, but your spouse is a normie, um, and let's say you got a couple kids, you can all come to this event. It's friend yep. and family friendly. Our friend Chris Lively will be there, hopefully. Yep. We're, we're hoping. He's tentative, but we're really hoping he's going to be there. Yeah, and uh, and so we're going to have a few people from uh, the Party Sober Partnership on the radio show in the next few weeks, and some of the artists, like Chris mm-hmm. Lively, Max Bloom. Mm-hmm. We're going to have some different people that are going to be artists. Wait, we're going to have to share the mic with other people? I know we don't do that well, but we have to try. Because... We, don't, we, don't, <laughs> we don't share life with other people very well. And so if you want to look that up on any social media, um, look up Soberfest HTX. The theme this year is Recover out loud or you can go to soberfesthtx.com and if you would like to spawn, be a sponsor of the event and get some VIP tickets and get your logo uh, on a banner on our social media visit partysober.org for sponsorship information and so topic this week so you know um, I, I've really been enjoying bringing the topic without you knowing <laughs> you're sort of doing that to me today there is something going on in our lives that we can't 
talk about, about right now yet. because I literally can't talk about it without crying like a baby. Yeah. So um, we won't talk about that. Now we're leaving people on a cliffhanger. Yeah, we can't. It's going to take me a little bit of time to even bring it up, but there's yeah. some things going on in our personal lives that we're, we're dealing with some sadness. That's the thing. And, and so I was like, well, let's talk about sadness today. And no, you're like, we you're can't. Cry. And I... And I don't want to deal with that because I'm selfish. I said, I said, why can't we do it? She's like, because you'll cry. I said that we could talk about feelings. Oh, wait, you have. I don't have those. So again, it's not a topic for me. Right. You have no experience with true. feelings. So. It's not true. I probably have personality avoidant disorder or something like Melanie says. Or what was the other one? Disassociative? Or something. I don't know. What borderline? Psychiatrists don't know what to do with me. I know that. <laughs> um, so no. You are literally the dude in the relationship. Yeah. I realized that the other day. I was talking to some friends from church, <laughs> and I was talking about crying. And in my mind, all of a sudden, I went, Donnie, you cry a lot. Like, what's going on with you? Why are you so full you of emotion? You hide it from me. Maybe you're scared of me. I know that you cry. You definitely cry more than I do. It's very rare. Once that I in cry. a year is more than you do. Yeah. I don't cry every year. That's probably true. Yeah. But that's not even the topic, but thanks for building it's just me up kinda, here. You know, it's just kind of where we're at, where we're at. So we were going to talk about emotions, but you don't have those. So we and can't so, do that. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to get a guest on so that so, I can talk to them about it. I had an idea of something that I would like us to have a dialogue about, because I think it would be beneficial to our listeners, even if they're in recovery or even if they're not. Okay. Um. So I have a, a special group chat with my spiritual sisters, girls that are in the program with me. Yeah. And we did a cool exercise because it was part of my morning meditation uh, the other morning. And it was a prompt of a question. And I don't remember how they worded it, but I know how we reword that in the program. And so the question is, what are some actions you can take for God? Mm -hmm. um, what are some actions you can take that give you a spiritual benefit, not a self-centered benefit? <laughs> I think we should go like Old Testament on that because they did some crazy stuff for God. <laughs> right. Right. And so I proposed that in my chat to my girls mm -hmm. and, and it was so cool. All the ideas that we had that we posted dozens and dozens and dozens of different actions we can take for God. And people really enjoyed that idea. And then later on, after everybody gave their idea, I kind of went a step further with the topic and explained a deeper level of it, which I might do in the third segment here on and, this radio show. And for a little context, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that in that chat, you have atheist, agnostic, and believers. Yes. You, you have a little bit of, of everything. Uh-huh. So it's not a question just for somebody who has a specific belief in God. Right. Because, well, I think that, so these are people that are all in a 12-step fellowship with me. And in a 12-step fellowship, you seek a connection to a higher power, period. You, right. A power greater than myself. Yeah. It could be spirit of the universe, mother nature. Whatever. It could be my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It could be whatever that is. And so I do have that like-mindedness mm -hmm. uh, with these people. Um, but some of them came in at atheist, agnostic, or, hey, the or best different thing, religious the, backgrounds. The best thing I can do as a Christian is be tolerant and loving toward everyone and, I think and the, realize their path may look different. But if I'm going to be helpful to them later, and I'm I loving think now. I don't even have to try to be too tolerant because really the ideas are all the same. Yeah, it, it, the principles are the same. All right, so we've <laughs> we've laid out this surprise topic. Actually, I want I want you to explain that a little further when we get back. We've laid out this okay. this topic that I had no idea she brought it. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio.
Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. We are your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Today we are talking about what can I do for God? Okay, so when we were going into the break, you made a comment. Yeah. Uh, because what I said was, hey, in your, in your group, you have atheists, agnostic, and believers. And I said that, you know, it doesn't matter to me what somebody believes what God they believe in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be loving and tolerant. And I said, you don't even have to try to be too tolerant because the principles are the same. And what I mean by yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I want to know. <laughs> what, did, what did you mean by that? Uh, you got tired of my recap. I saw that. You just jumped right on in. Yeah, because here's the deal. Um, when some people, and including me too at times, but mostly me in the past, mm-hmm. I would get really hung up on specific language and thinking, oh, they don't believe the same as me. For instance, if someone right. says, higher power, but I say God, or whatever. Um, I think, oh, i got to be more tolerant of them saying higher power, and that's yeah. not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, because I've sponsored a lot of atheists and agnostics, mm-hmm. and what I realize is it's always a prejudice to a certain language, certain words. And what I mean is, for instance, let's say I am spiritually doing work with a Christian. Yeah. Um, then I'm going to, if I know that... Use the language around that. Then because, I... I it, I don't want to arouse prejudice, so let me give you just a quick example of well, what... What I want to interject real fast. Yeah. That's why I was looking at my phone. Uh, I don't like just, when you're on your phone. Get yeah, I want phone. people to understand that I pulled my phone out and I'm she gave me you. the dirtiest look. <laughs> uh, in our basic text, in the 12-step fellowship that you and I are in, the word God appears 136 times in the first 164 pages. Of 136 times. And they use a lot of other words in, to be more inclusive and broad, like spirit of the universe, creative intelligence, mm-hmm. higher power. And when I was new, I had a prejudice against those other words because and, and I, I thought it was different. Well, and the reason I bring that up is you have people that are outside the program with ideas about the program. And they think, when they hear somebody say, God of my understanding, They're they like, go, oh. ugh, ugh. But I actually showed that but, to a friend of mine the other night, a, a church friend. He goes, you know, I had no idea. I had no idea that God was in there so much that, the, that you guys say that. It's like, yeah. What I'm saying is the prejudice works both ways. Correct. And so I want to paint that picture so people can understand. Um, someone, let, let's say they're atheist <clears throat> and they do not believe in that. Then if they were to see the 12 steps or mm-hmm. how many times the word God is in the basic text, mm-hmm. they'd be like, Heck no, I ain't doing that crap. Um, I don't believe in that, right? But the flip is true, including myself personally. When I first came in, I saw the other language, the higher power, the spirit of the universe. And and, you said. And I said, what can you people possibly teach me about God? Because there's only one real God. Right. And so what I'm saying is everybody, doesn't matter what your belief is, you have a prejudice against certain terms and certain ideas and certain language that blocks you from understanding that the spiritual principles are the same. And- that's what we're seeking as spiritual principles. Here's an example. Okay. If I'm sitting with a new girl that's getting sober and I got to get a background of information so that I can download her personality per se, then I got to change my language to match her prejudice to, to try to not give her any new prejudice as she goes through this process. Because you want her to hear you and you want, want her, her to be to, open. For instance, and because people always believe in the same thing. If I'm sitting with a Christian and I was, if I was to ask them, do you believe in you reap what you sow? 
They'll mm-hmm. say yes. Mm-hmm. But if I'm sitting with an atheist, I can't ask them that. I'll ask an atheist, do you believe in karma, that you get back what you put in the world? And mm-hmm. they will say yes. And it's the same freaking thing. Right. It's all about language. They have a prejudice about the language. If I'm sitting with a Christian um, and we're talking about self-will versus God's will, which is kind of this topic that we're going to get to in a minute, um, I'll ask them, do you ever feel convicted? Or, you know, do you ever feel convicted to do this or that? And they'll say Yes. But if I'm sitting with an atheist, I won't use the word convicted because that sounds super Christianese. Um, I'll use, do you ever feel persuaded or do you feel a gut feeling of what's right and wrong? Right. Something as simple as putting your shopping cart back in the corral in the parking lot instead of leaving it on the curb to hit other cars. Do you feel that conviction or do you feel that persuasion, that gut feeling to do the right thing? It's the same principle. People have prejudice to the language and the word. They believe in the same thing. I'm not a good Christian in my heart when I see somebody leave the cart in the parking lot. I'm not. Like, I pray for them, but I couldn't say on the radio what I pray for them. And then I got to say I'm sorry to the Lord later. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is that everybody that is alive operates on some sort of spiritual principles or faith. Because inside of every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. And it says it gets covered up by pomp and different worships of other things, right? They may have had a you know traumatic church experience as a kid, and so they reject Christianity, <clears throat> for instance, or vice versa, whatever right. it is, right? But people have prejudice against certain words. When I was new coming in to the 12 steps, I had a prejudice against the phrase higher power. I didn't mm. like that, but it blocked me from being open-minded enough to work the steps and get sober. I was a chronic relapser that wouldn't work the steps or get well because I thought 12-step people were wrong because you could pick any God. And so what I'm saying is I had a prejudice. So fast forward to what I posted in my spiritual sister's chat. Yeah. Okay. So now we have an idea of what, when we talk about God, as you're listening in your car on a pair of AirPods, whatever, mm-hmm. Whatever your ideas is, what we're it's what we're talking about. So I do want to premise this topic with one other thing: mm. the definition, according to the twelve-step world, of what agnostic even means. So, because you and I just tossed that word around a few because times, because we said atheist, agnostic, and what we meant, believer or or religious person. What we meant in that context that yeah. we just used it is how the whole world knows agnosticism in the sense that someone who's neutral and doesn't believe or disbelieve. But that's not the way we're fixing to use this word. Because that's more like a Gnostic, right? But we're we're talking about agnostic in the self-reliance mode. Is that what you mean? That's what I'm getting to. So if you are a person trying to learn and live in the 12 steps, um, the 12 step has its own language and definition for certain words. And so when the 12 steps talks about an agnostic, this is someone who is living a self-directed life. Yeah. Not a spiritually directed life. In other words, they're making thoughts, decisions, choices based on how they feel or what they think they deserve. It's all self-centered. And that may work great for most of the population. Never do they roll the dice to the spirit of the universe and say, God, what is your will and, I'm and let it be done? saying in big and little things. Let's say uh, a person says, hey, I want to marry that guy because I want a future with him. I like how he makes me feel. I like his 401k or whatever it is. I, I want blank. Is that what attracted you to me? No. And then on the flip side. Because you didn't find out about that later. What was it at first? Was it you, the motorcycle? N- no. What attracted, well, what really uh, stole my heart Yeah. was that you knew that all the tattoos on my left arm were a reference to the band Alice in Chains. 
Oh, that's true. No one has ever figured that out. That you surprised have to be, you. You have to be a super duper Alice in Chains fan to look at my arm and go, Alice in Chains, because it's not the stereotypical son or three-legged dog but stuff. But then my behavior had you on the rocks, and then but then I was like, hey, here's my bank account, and you went, <laughs> no, I want to no, marry no. you. Let me get back on track here. You're derailing me. Know, what I'm saying fun. is someone may be making life choices, and I'm giving a big one here, like marriage, mm-hmm. based on how they think or feel, and that is self-will, and that is agnosticism, according to the 12-step world. They are not taking a step back and saying, God, is this who you would like me to date? God, is this who you have a future for me with? God, is this the decision you want to make? That's not usually the human default. Yeah, It takes spiritual practice to learn to make that a default. And anyone trying to get sober and work the steps does not have that as a default. And in the beginning, and I don't want to discredit anyone who has trouble with that, by the way, because in the beginning of... Oh, it's foreign. Oh, it's, it's literally like trying to explain water to a fish. It's like, hey, buddy, how do you like the water? And he's just in it. He's like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, I don't. (laughs) It's like uh, when you take a newly sober person, you're like, hey, buddy, how's that self-reliance going versus God? They're like, what? What is God's will? They've never tasted God reliance before. They have no, I I had no idea. And I grew up full of faith. Yeah. Full of belief. Fully in the church. And and by the way, this this is across the spectrum of a, it's a human condition, I believe, because I see people in church with it. I see people in every 12-step fellowship. I see people in none of that. Like, it's just a human condition of self-reliance. I, I believe that's what the story of Adam and Eve was really talking about. The, the human condition, the fallible nature of human condition is the disease of self-obsession. We're yeah, so te- concerned about ourselves. Tell us about that. <laughs> you have that a I'm lot. I'm saying like our thoughts, our feel, we're consumed by, oh, my, my anxiety, oh, my depression, yeah. oh, my aches, oh, they don't pay enough attention to me, oh, my boss doesn't appreciate me. Woe is me, self-pity, victim mentality with very little personal responsibility to make some changes. Yeah. All right. So we've laid out the basics. Now you know what we're talking about with God and you know where we're headed. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. I'm sorry. I just wanted to let that come in. That's such a great guitar riff. Um, When is that Sober Beast? Sober (laughs) Sober Fest, HTX.com. Soberfesthtx.com. What's the date? It's May 21st from noon to 6 p.m. at the White Oak Music Hall. You can get your tickets. Uh, just go online, soberfest.com. Uh, you can be a sponsor for the event and get VIP access with, with mocktails and everything upstairs at partysober.org. Um, all the information for sponsorship packages, uh, vendor booths, bands that are going to be, everything's going to be posted on social media. So go to whatever your social, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and follow Soberfest HTX. And what if one of our listeners or one of their loved slash unloved ones <laughs> is not sober yet? They can come too. And Oh, okay. So you don't have to be sober to come. Mm-hmm. Come on out. Yep. And then what if they want to get sober prior? What's the number to your... Oh, for someone needing recovery, yeah. give us a call at 844-AND-HOPE at Matthew's Hope. That's 844-263-4673 if you need detox. Okay, so we know what we're talking about when we say God, right? We know, like, 
And just to clarify, when we say agnostic from now on, we're talking about someone living a self-directed life, not a spiritually directed life. Which I'm a follower of Jesus, but I will say that I quite often live an agnostic life. It's our, it's our default. Yeah. And so there's a whole chapter called We Agnostics. The whole idea is to help me see, regardless of whatever <coughs> religious or spiritual background I have, that I've actually been living an agnostic lifestyle. I've been so, living in self. So here's the question. When you say what I can do for God. What can I do for God? <laughs> right. The creator of the universe. Mm-hmm. What can I do for God? Yeah. And I think that naturally it, most people have like they their mind goes to spiritual ideas. And so they'll put forth things that aren't quite actions like um, like I can I can pray for others mm-hmm. or, or I can be kind or I can be positive. I and, can be kind and rewind. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And all those are good, but I think that's, that's kind great. of the elementary side of it. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Positive vibes. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is... So you're saying actions, actions. that take me out of self. self. Oh, and, and so, now it got rougher. Yeah, and so what I'm saying is, and I kind of put my list in the chat, and a whole bunch of girls put amazing topics of their what actions they could take for God in our chat, but some of mine was like, I make my bed every morning for God. Well, so I don't want to make my bed. That prompts a wonderful story. So what was, in your memory, during your last six and a half years sober, mm-hmm. um, what was one of the first things you can remember doing for God? Making my bed. Yeah? Um, and because it was a chore in the sober house, and I begrudgingly did it, and then I remember this this ice cube moment because I picked an ice cube That's up. the one I was looking for. Yeah. Because it sounds ridiculous, sounds but I want so people ridiculous. to understand how quiet... The voice of God is, but that it's there. I don't have time to tell the Ice Cube story, but if you are a listener you really and you don't know, scroll back on our podcast to past episodes, the one that's called, What Does Orange Juice and Ice Cubes Have to Do with Recovery? Oh, <laughs> Orange yeah. Juice and Ice Cubes. Look for that episode. I fully explained Well, well here you things. go. I've got a very fast analogy. Uh, as a man, a married man. You're taking too long already. Uh, okay, I go in the bathroom, I blow my nose, I go to throw the wad of tissue to the trash can beside the toilet, and it goes behind. What do you do? Well, before I'm connected to God through the 12 steps, I leave it there because I just know my wife will pick it up. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But what happens is, is that once I get connected to a power greater than myself, once I'm connected to God, I start to get a message. So I throw it and I go to walk away and there's like... I'll give an answer. I I agree with you. And that's what happened to me with the ice cube. But I'll fast forward to like, here's what I think. Women, a lot of women, um, I think that we can sometimes have a tendency to be selfish and lazy or have a lack of energy or motivation to do things. I agree with most of what you said, except for the word sometimes. (laughs) I don't want to make anybody upset. But here's the deal. Um, Sometimes women have a hard time having energy to take care of their kids. Their kids drive them crazy. I experienced that. Yeah. Sometimes women have a hard time. Maybe I shouldn't just say women because sometimes men do more at the house household and all of that. And there's some real lazy men out there. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is for some people, it is hard and overwhelming to just stay on top of the laundry or the dishes or the housework. To do the daily. To do that. Yeah. Or, or hygiene, shower, shave your legs, whatever yeah. it is, you know? Yeah, and- you're not European, okay? So stop <laughs> with the whole armpit thing. It's really gross. I mean, it's trendy now, I guess, but I don't get gross it. Gross is the word. You can't say that on the radio. Oh, I'm saying it. Anyways. Hey, listen, if you don't stop shave your me. armpits, you can send us a message at Relevant Recovery Radio <laughs> Facebook. Or you can come to Soberfest and show us. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's the deal. I feel like 
I, I'm, I'm talking for myself. Like, I had such a hard time keeping up with two kids and a house and the dishes and now, the laundry. this is prior to sobriety. Prior to sobriety. And yeah. part of when I got sober and lived in sober living, what was beautiful is I had to work the steps mm-hmm. and I had all these accountability barriers and chores. Things right? that- I had to do that-, that they, uh, You originally thought were the house rules, but yeah. you started to see What them. I realized is that it was God trying to teach me how to be disciplined and live life and be obedient and mm-hmm. surrender my will to do things I didn't want to do for God. And so I started to literally connect the dots in my mind almost I, I i'll say the word like a secret joke between me and god only it wasn't mm-hmm. like a funny haha joke but it was like when i would make the bed i would literally tell god i'm just doing this for you mm-hmm. or i'd do the dishes and i'd be like i'm supposed to be grateful for these dishes god so i'm doing them for you not because i like doing the dish i would like begrudgingly tell god how annoyed i was with doing xyz mm-hmm. but over time my attitude started to change and he oh, must have appreciated you being honest because he gave you me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think we can all agree on that. And what I'm saying is, is you have to, you, I was on the wrong track if I was trying to self-propel or self-motivate myself into all of a sudden just loving taking care of a home. Yeah, That's not my default. I'm right. selfish. I'm lazy. I lack energy. I lack motivation. That's, that's Heather in Heather's will. Agnostic. Mm-hmm. But the more spiritual I become... Through actions. The more the, the the further you walk down that road. Then the more energy and motivation and, that God gives me to, to match that and do more. Mm-hmm. And I have seen that. So I have seen that. So when we first got together, you were not motivated to clean house. And <laughs> I all didn't that. even know how. Right. You had been on the streets for quite a while. Uh, and I, I brought you in like adopting a little puppy. I brought you in. <laughs> you got off me the from streets. the shelter. You That's got me right. on my shots. But, I mean, all jokes aside... <laughs> but I did. I had to Google how to clean a home. I didn't know. All jokes aside... It was overwhelming. I began... You came into the home. Uh, I You had this great spiel and sales story on how you were going to be a homemaker, and you were a horrible homemaker. <laughs> uh, then I, I was. Not now. Not now. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get there. We're, we're summarizing. <laughs> um, and so what did I do? I became the breadwinner and the home homemaker out of, like, begrudging. Out of bitterness. Yes. <laughs> To show you, literally, I'm, I'm being honest. And here's how selfish I was. Hold on. Here's how selfish I was. I was oblivious, not only that you were bitter, I was oblivious that you did anything around the house. And so I started <laughs> it like- It wasn't on my radar. Cooking, doing dishes. I started doing laundry. And cl- I started doing all of that like in my mind, like, I am going to show her. <laughs> but here's what happened, is that it, over time, became unselfish. Yeah. Uh, over time- I, didn't, I wasn't a big cook prior to that. Did you know that? Did you know that I was not a house cleaner and I wasn't a cook? Yeah, now you are our cook. You're the cook. Oh, You're the chef. Through that action that I didn't agree with, didn't like, didn't want to do. God but refined I did it. your character. Correct. And today, I love to cook. I cook for us and I do it happily. I do it with joy. But, I, I like doing the dishes. I like helping yeah, you with you laundry. Yeah, you like it. Sometimes, and you like it sometimes now. That is not how I want to encourage people that that's not how you're going to feel about it in the beginning at all. Well, that's why I said it was it was ugly in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to, and I was doing it to I was doing it out of bitterness to prove to you or to show you how to do it. But through that walk and that action, God started to change my heart. Right. And so in the beginning, you didn't want to make your bed. You didn't want to do all that, but you did it. You did the action. And that's what I'm saying. There's some really cool actions that we can take for God. And I used some of the housekeeping scenarios, but another one is like nurturing your body with proper exercise or, or diet or nutrition or even hygiene, like the shaving or the bathing or washing your hair. These are things you can do 
for God. Well, but <laughs> you for, know, and I think what it is is it's the footwork that I can do. Mm-hmm. So to in, match God's in church, ability. we always learn about my part, your part, God's, God's part, part in our relationship, right? And and in AA, it's sort of the same thing. And all the other twelve step fellowships, it's always this sort of the same thing. In that, I can't convince anyone, I can't sell them on anything. So there's my part to just give a message. It's their part to either receive it or not, and then God has a part in the middle. But in the scenario of this, what what the goal is is to tap into God's power so that my life can improve or be purposeful or whatever or happy. And what we're saying is is you can't just decide I'm going to be less lazy. Right, it doesn't work that way. Or I'm going to be more loving. I have to take action that I don't want to do. Here's the deal. God. If you are generally a lazy person, getting off the couch and being productive around the house is not attractive. Right. Here's the deal. God is capable of supernaturally booping some really cool stuff in my life, but he's waiting on me to move my feet. Snoot boop? Snoot boop. Okay. Uh, But God is waiting on me to move my feet to open those doors and windows to allow him into that area of my life. God's a gentleman. He will not force his way into any facet of your life. I have to figure out how to include him and let him into that area. And I have always loved that sort of like, God has the power to move a mountain, but you better bring a shovel. Hey, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio. Don't ever say it like that. Recovery Radio. We're your host, Heather and Donnie. Every time I do that, by the way, I want to just tear down a wall. Uh, if I do it on the way in or on the way out, if I pause or don't do it exactly the way Heather wants, I get, um, I would like you to stop breathing looks from her. <laughs> so here's the deal. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to ignore that and move on with the rest of this topic because this is the last segment. Here's what I, remember okay. I said earlier I was going to go a level deeper? I'm, I'm excited. Okay, let's go a level deeper. So once uh, the girls in my spiritual sister's chat posted all these dozens and dozens of actions they can take for God, and it was so beautiful. And we and gave a couple it. of simple examples, yeah. right? Then I said, okay, so what's really evident to me is that we all are in a place where we know what God wants from us. You know what God's will is for you if you can come up with the checklist of actions you can take for God. If you can't, that's a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. But if you can... Come up with, then therefore I do know intuitively what God's will is for me if I ask God. Mm -hmm. And therefore, when I choose to not do that, I am willfully ignoring God's will in my life and I will pay a deep spiritual price for that. That's a fact. I've seen that. And and so I don't want to pay a spiritual price for living in self-reliance and ignoring spiritual direction in my life anymore. Do you have an example? Something that you uh, ignored or argued with or... Okay, give a me recent one. one, and I won't. I can't be too specific, but I can be some specific. So, as our listeners know, I lost my children for seven and a half years, and I got back in their life two years ago. I'm almost seven years sober. It's been a thing. I owed a lot of back child support, <laughs> and uh, I won't give amounts or things like that. But here's the deal: my self-centered nature. I'm at the tail end, right? And there was this certain amount that's the last of my back child support, and that I know I owe. Uh, and we were going to draw it out to so punish him. So here's what my self-reliance told me to do. My selfishness told me, hey, just pay the minimum payment over 36 yeah. months and draw it out and just let it you know, punish him. Yeah. And it didn't sit right in my spirit. We God, were both bothered by it. We knew it was wrong. God was really convicting me. And so yeah. God asked me, what can you do? What can you do to do it the quickest? And I really thought, okay, 
I, I think that if I move this here and do this, I can pay it off in one year. And so I had done some court paperwork, was fixing to have it submitted um, to pay it off within the back child support within one more year from now. And it was going to require a second garnishment on my paycheck. And I had surrendered to God's will. But wait, hold on. I surrendered Let's play fully this out. to God's I want the, will. I want, I want us to be always upfront and honest. So we're sitting in the backyard. I'm smoking a cigar. You're sitting out there to talk. You're like, hey, by the way, um, I went ahead and called the attorney and here's what I'm going to do. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I immediately went, whoa. You weren't super happy. You just made a giant financial decision without any input from me. Like, that's not cool. And then, do you remember what I asked you? Mm-mm. Um. That's not what we talked about, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, have you even gone to God with this? <laughs> and what your answer was, like you shut me up immediately because yeah. you said, well, as a matter of a fact. I did go to God. Um, I went to my small group. My, my small I group. went to my sponsor. I've been praying about it and I went, and it shut me down. Yeah. I mean, and I said, I knew okay, you, then that's the path. I knew that you would be on board because it's my financial amends, right? Yeah. And I knew you would be on board with whatever God's direction with, with us was the. Once you yeah. said it, once you said, I've prayed about it, gone to small group and my sponsor, I went, oh. I wasn't willfully okay. trying to leave you out or anything, but I, I knew what God was telling me to do and I knew you'd be okay with it. I was just letting you in on the plan that so, we were going to pay it off in one year. And so once, Wait, wait, pause. Yeah. And so both prior to that, Prior to the surrender, uh-huh. to the discipline, to the—I'm sorry—to the obedience. So I, I became obedient. How did you feel prior to that? What was the the really spiritual? Bitter. Yeah. Really bitter. Really, um, like like uh, a victim. Uh, like this is unfair, and I was in self pity, and I was self. I wanted to keep the money. And, and so that was the spiritual <laughs> negativity, right? Yeah. That you did not feel good. You felt like you were carrying a weight, and then once you surrendered to what God I said, put okay, on your God, heart, okay, God, I'll do it. Yeah. Okay, God, I'll do it. So then I, how did you feel? I called the you attorney. Feel free? I changed the paperwork, all of this, and I felt free. And about within a week of that happening, some crazy financial amazing blessing came into our life and and made that all possible. Where and I, it was the exact amount. It was the exact amount. And that, so that's the thing that I want people to it understand. It was the is, exact amount. Is literally like as soon as you surrendered. God was and like, said, cool, here's the way. Because I think... So a lot of people try to find how it's going to happen before the they'll loophole. surrender it. To they it. want the loophole, or they want to, yeah. And I, I had surrendered. There's no loopholes. I'm not getting out of it. This is what I, this is what I'm going to pay. And I, because and, God, if you want me to do this, you'll provide. Yeah, and so God did provide the exact amount, and so I was able to call the attorney back and say, "Stop the second garnishment. I can pay it off in one month." Yeah. And so I literally wrote a check yesterday to pay that the back child support. Oh, I still one more year of regular, but that's my example of a very current and, self-reliance possibility versus a God reliance possibility. But I want, what I want to focus on: doing for God, not doing for God, listening to God, arguing with God. That little that little voice in your chest. Everybody that has ever heard it knows exactly what I mean. It's not audible, by the way. If you hear God audibly. <laughs> It's possible that you might need to seek some kind of professional a pers- help. Let's yes, go that they route. have they have pills for that. Um, <laughs> but prior to that surrender, we were in turmoil, spiritual turmoil. Because we were fighting we were, about it. We were yeah. trying to. I was calling him, trying to negotiate this or that. Like it was not a good place to be. And once I surrendered to God's will and let go of what I wanted, it all fell in place. But it here's the beautiful. beauty. But here's the beauty is I think everybody's always looking for that feelings payoff, Mm-mm. and the payoff was actually freedom. Yeah. 
That's I get the to deal. Get free. The burden is off my shoulders. It's a done deal. Me and God accomplished that. Because it's not a burden anymore. Right. When I was trying to punish you by showing you how to do cleaning around the house, what happens is that God changed my heart, and it wasn't a punishment for either one of us anymore. I just started to enjoy doing it. I started to get joy out of doing for you. A lot of times, a lot of times, what you'll realize is the things that you think are thorn in your sides are the one thing in your life that gives you reason to seek God for real. And they're actually blessings. They're actually required because humans by nature are stubborn and self-centered. <laughs> and yes. I think that yes, you are. I think we, through our selfishness, create these, this misery of our own making or we choose to operate in fear and worry and remorse or self-pity or victim. And there's really no freedom in that. Just like if you're an alcoholic or drug addict, there's no freedom in the why. Stop focusing on places where there's no freedom. And I know so many people who are stuck in that mode of procrastination. Listen, it is never comfortable to begin walking something you've not done, right? So whether it's daily disciplines, morning prayer, meditation, evening reviews, like no matter what it is, sure, it's uncomfortable. But at some point, you want to change, right? You want to, and so you're going to have to begin that uncomfortable walk. Yeah. In our marriage... I read this book by Paul Tripp called Marriage, and it blew me away because it was really, like, rough. Mm-hmm. It was rough. It convict you. It, and it used the word sin instead of character defect. It's the same thing, yeah, same, right? Again, like I was saying in the beginning, some people have a prejudice against certain I- ideas or right. words, but it's the same idea. And basically what he said is that when I married you, mm-hmm. I am a sinner mm-hmm. who married a sinner. Yeah. What? And sometimes we forget that when we're in a relationship that I am a defective person. But guess what? I'm with somebody who is also defective. And do I love God enough to forgive and extend the same amount of grace to that other person that God extended me? This is also what you can do for God. Right. Is extending grace... I think one of the biggest things in our world today that we are missing is forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to forgive. Everybody wants to punish. They want to cancel. They want to do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But if God loved me enough to forgive me for all of the dirt, and I mean some dirt I've done in my, I mean, really, (laughs) but if I, why can't I forgive others the same way? Why? And so in the beginning of that practice, even when I'm trying to forgive others and I'm trying to live that grace giving life, right. It's uncomfortable because I've lived a vengeance. Um, I've lived a get back at them kind of life. But over time, you start to really experience what it truly feels like to be in living in a spiritual direction rather than a self-centered direction. And that is the true feeling of happiness, not the counterfeit happiness. And uh, and so I want to encourage all our listeners to take a look at your own life and what facets uh, of your life you may be able to take some actions for God, some actions that would spiritually benefit you. And these are going to be actions that are uncomfortable or inconvenient or things you don't want to do. Right. And if you develop a habit of choosing to do them, you will be surprised what a higher power, spirit of the universe, God does inside of you. Is there any limit to actions that I can take that are not for God, or I can just put I can put that for everything, huh? What? Like how you drive? Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Ice cube. Everything. Yeah. And uh, don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Absolutely. So this has been a great show. This went absolutely. I wasn't fast. sure where we were going, uh, but this really turned I knew out where good. We were going. Yeah, this is great. So. Uh, we will see you next week on Relevant Recovery Radio. Happy Good Friday. Happy Easter. Hashtag God, though. <laughs>